Wow, I love Family Highlight every month. Isn't it awesome? There's something about honoring uh, lives, people, and, and speaking sincere, authentic words over them. Um, Alice and Wilson are amazing people, as are so many in this community. Just love, love being a part of this body. Uh, guests, welcome if you're here for the first time. My name's Darren Davis, senior leader here. Honored to be bringing the word of the Lord as we step into the first Sunday of 2019. Isn't that amazing? Come on. And we're, we're actually launching into a new series uh, called Margin. And I'm going to be talking this morning for a few minutes on creating space for faith. Creating space for faith. It's going to be a great journey as we, we go through this series. I think it's going to position us. It's going to give us some instruction. Everybody say instruction. I mean, you know, as we go into the new year, it's good to learn. It's good to open our hearts to grow. And we're going to do that today. But before I move into this word and, and kick off our 2019, I want to just briefly uh, do a 2018 in review. You know, in April, we celebrated 15 years as the Harbor Church. Come on, somebody. It was awesome. The goodness of God. And we had some of our core teams, some of our, our servants uh, at, a, at a luncheon where we shared what was called Vision 2022. We showed a video to the main congregation here on a Sunday where we're believing to see South Florida become the greatest place to live and to work and to raise our families. If you believe that, give Jesus a huge, huge clap of praise. It's going to be awesome, right? So we're moving down this road of seeing that happen through transformed people beginning to transform culture. And what we're going to do specifically to to posture for 2019, which we have some exciting things inside of our heart, which just to give you a couple of these, is to give um, major focus to the needs of others, everybody say others, in our region, where we take ownership and address the pain and the lostness and brokenness of South Florida. How many of you know that that's the church's responsibility because we carry the answer for those realities? So we're posturing to do that and see that happen in 2019. It's going to be amazing. And there were some goals that we identified at this luncheon, prior to the luncheon, that we shared at the luncheon in order to posture us before the end of 2018 was completed, to move forward and seeing our city transformed. And I just want to give you what those goals were that were actually realized. So it's one thing to have a plan, have a vision, but it's another thing to do it. Can I get an amen? And we were able to see these things actualized, which I believe are going to posture us well for what's what's going to happen this year. Number one, we had small groups relaunched in 2019 in September. It was incredible because we had 14 groups that that kicked off, which was actually the maximum number where we were before we transitioned back three years ago, which was a a huge accomplishment, and it's really just just really re-engaging the pastoral side of our True North vision. Secondly, we kicked off advisory boards within our church in finance and in ministry, so we have a, a team in both of these advisory boards that are consulting, meeting with our executive leadership, and just helping to give feedback, wisdom, insight, and input into where we're going into the vision that we're moving forward in. 
Thirdly, we elected an internal board that is non-majority, majority non-staff. So I think that's going to be very healthy for us to provide real good accountability as we move forward into 2019. Both those advisory boards and the election of an internal board took place just right at the end of November into December, which was a huge, huge part of what we really committed to do. Lastly, a couple of last things, we developed an annual communications rhythm, which will help serve our process of leadership, management, and ministry, meaning vision, systems to execute, and ministry being the development of people that are going to fill those roles to see what God's place in our heart move forward. We've developed that, and it's happening. It's moving forward. Lastly, quickly, an annual Christmas offering we took up this year, receiving over $12,000 for the benevolent needs of our community. Come on, give God praise. That's incredible. Habitat House happening now between the spring. We're going to sow into that and then rebuild Broward in the fall through Love South Florida. It's going to be incredible. All right? It's, it's awesome what God is doing. So as we move in to 2019, we're going to create space for faith. Could you say that with me? Space for faith. You know, our mission from the very beginning was to equip the generations, all age groups, to be whole in spirit, soul, and body, and be empowered to impact their world for Jesus. Now, when we're talking about creating space, I want to point out here, right on the front side, you know, religion oftentimes, especially when we're talking, like, let's say faith, for example, which we're going to look at this morning. We go, you know, man, we, we, God, I, I, I want more faith. I want more faith. I, I, want, I want the maximum amount of faith that I can have. Here's what I want you to know. You've got to get this. Because religion would want you to add on to what you're going for, when maybe that's not exactly the right approach. Add on meaning, man, I'm going to give more time in prayer. I'm going to, I'm going to study my word more. I'm going to, I'm going to you, know, you know, be more benevolent, kind, whatever the case may be. All those things are beautiful. But as you know, when you gave your life to Jesus, he gave you back the gift of faith that was completely undeserved on your part. It's resonant on the inside of you right now, in fullness. The problem is, is there's stuff that is crowding out that faith to be fully expressed. You know, I was leaving the house this morning. I was going to take a picture of my garage. I was telling the team that, you know, Wendy, years ago, I bought her, her dream car, a, a, a bright orange Ford Mustang GT, you know. My dad has it right now in Arizona. He promises one day, we hope, in the name of Jesus, to give it back to us. We'll see. But I envision that car one day going back into our garage. But if I showed you what my garage looks like right now, there is no margin for that car to fit in that garage. You know what I'm talking about? And a lot of that stuff that we have in our closets or up in our attic or in our garage, how many of you know it's, it's, it's probably not stuff that we need, right? And so in order to make space for faith, we may just simply need to 
get rid of some stuff instead of trying to add to as our first step. See, I see Christians so often, they try to, they try to add to instead of get rid of, and then they have those same components on the inside of their heart that were never intended to be there and they get down the road and they're more frustrated than they were when they started because they're like man I prayed more I gave more I read more I did this I did that and yet I'm still stuck in a place where I know that I was never intended to be you see that's what religion does it tries to add things but relationship removes anything and everything that hinders love That's wholeness. Equipping the generations to be whole. Let's declutter as we move into 2019. You see, I wanted to start out this series with space space for faith. And I wanted to find what our faith is in. It's in Christ. Christ. Christ alone. We were, we were so exalting Jesus this morning, which is, was so, so, so appropriate. Because the faith that we're to have, that we're actually to unleash, that's in us, is in Jesus. Because faith in Christ is massive. Look at what Ephesians says. Paul, jumping in here this morning. He says in chapter 1, verse 11, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, look at this, this is so beautiful. He had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose. He was working out in everything and everyone. You know, one of the things is God has really captured me with a pastoral heart on so many levels is this longing, this desire, this, this just, ah, oh, this burning in my heart to see every person understand the beautiful plan that he has, not only for your life, but to actually see it realized. And I so often just want to say, get rid of this, get rid of that, take that out. Let Jesus come in, let him do his thing. And if you just posture by by letting Christ in and, and creating this space for more faith to come, you will see the most amazing life that you've ever seen, ever. It's like, I can say this and testify, this year, Wendy and I, in September, will celebrate 29 years of marriage. Awesome. But trust me, to get to where we're at in the joyous marital bliss that we're in right now, we had to get rid of a lot of junk and allow Jesus to come in and fill those spaces. It was awesome. And this is worship, by the way. This is what worship looks like. Can you see even what true north worship, we talk about that a lot, transform people, transforming culture, we're going to be worshipers, what that, what that actually looks like. Can you see that here? We're in verse 11, it says, it is in Christ that we find out who we are. There's identity. There it is. And we find out what we're living for. There's destiny. 
And we know that because of, we, of understanding who we are, that makes, that makes space and way for intimacy with God. That is worship right there. That's what we're going for. That's the true north worship model in our ministry. And here's what I want you to understand. The system of this world, which is set up by our adversary, who is challenging the kingdom of God, challenging the kingdom of God, is diametrically opposed to faith in Christ. And so it's trying to crowd out our faith by getting us to take our eyes off of Jesus and I want, to give, I want to give you the things that I see that, that we unfortunately put our faith in in replace of that, that we need to clean house this morning. You ready? Number one, self. I, I want to say this. And this, this is, I, I see this happening a little bit right now in the culture of the church today. We need to never let our discovery of our identity be confused with worship of self because our identity is actually found in him when we turn that thing around and it all becomes about us I'm just telling you narcissism has no place in the kingdom of God Like I said, the, the approach oftentimes is, what can I do? What can I bring to the table? What effort can I give? Remove the clutter of that kind of worship from your heart. Number two, we put our faith often in others. Oh, I would be in such better place if it wasn't for so-and-so or what happened to me through this individual or if I hadn't married that person or if this wouldn't have been my situation in life and these wouldn't have been my parents. Listen, none of us are victims. In fact, I believe that through circumstances in our life and, and things that we, I already preached on this last week, so go ahead and listen to that if you didn't already, but through circumstances, through whatever relationships that, that, are, that we've had to navigate through, we never get more bitter. We only get more better. Is that a word, more better? I'm telling you, I, I really believe this. I believe that, that our love for God and our worship with God is, 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 is how well we allow Jesus into our hearts to, to transcend relationships with other people. But we never place our faith in those people. We place our faith in Jesus. What about riches? I'm not talking that there's problems with money here, but do we look... How many, how many people are standing in line waiting to win the next magical lottery ticket? And I like having fun with that. Wendy and I do. We dream of, man, what could it be like if we inherited X number of millions of dollars, right? But the chances of us actually achieving that goal through the lottery system, you could get bit by a, a, char, a shark 10 times over before you're going to win the lottery. Did you know that? 
gets struck by lightning 15 times over the course of your lifetime. But, and, and, and so, what are we, what, why are we so driven to that? Listen, I bless you. Go make all the money in the world that you want to make. Just don't make it your God. Don't put your faith and your trust in that. I, that's the thing I love about David, who was a billionaire in his day. Every day he still would get on his knees and say, Father, I have need of you. That's powerful. Because he had money to solve probably the majority of his problems in his life, but he still got down and said, Jesus, I have need of you. What about lastly, fame, power? One of my favorite Jason Upton songs a long time ago, he sang about fame and power, but he says, that in heaven, they don't even know those people's names. Listen, we're called not to be famous or not to be powerful, but to be known in that other realm where angels look at our lives and are amazed at our faith. You see, we've been called out of that mess out of that system where all of our faith and all of our heart is in Christ to whom all authority and power flow. Look what he continues to write in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. He says this, all this energy issues from Christ. Sometimes people go, wow, Darren, the harbor, it's pretty intense, you know. It's kind of worship. It's kind of, whoo, it's a little over the top. <laughs> Sometimes I'm, I'm just doing all I can do to just be completely contained here on the front row. Because there's moments when I feel that energy of God just, and I want to go bananas. There's, there's something about the energy that issues forth from Jesus, who God has raised from the dead. It's like there's something about that gospel that gives hope on the inside of my heart, that there's nothing too big for Jesus. That, that though the world system is relying on self and others and riches and fame and power, me sitting in my little seat on a Sunday, that I'm being infused with something far greater, resurrection life that raised up Christ out of the grave that overcame death, hell, and Satan himself. Put them all on open display. Wow. And it says this, look at this. I'm trying to build up your faith today. Because you, you can't get any more increase of what's been placed on the inside of you, but you sure can mature in it. You're called to take what you've been given and Steward that thing into greater levels of maturity. You should be going from faith. We should be going from faith to faith to faith to faith. From more faith to more faith. Stewarding that beautiful heart. Look what it says. Where Christ is in charge of running the universe. From galaxies to governments. No name, no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. And see, we've been called out of the world system and called into 
his body, which is called the church. Did you know that the word church, the Greek word for it is ecclesia, which literally means called out ones? Isn't that awesome? Church isn't a building. It's not a denomination. It's, it's not a movement of, of, of congregations. It's, it's a people that have been called out and called in that are running together in a, in a common mission to build up your faith in Christ, to declutter from worship of self, worship of others, worship of riches, worship of fame and power. I love this. Verse 22 says, He is in charge of it all. Has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. Huh. What about if Christ rules the church, do you think he rules through the church? Look what he says in verse 23. He says, the church you see is not peripheral to the world, but the world is peripheral to the church. You see, when I have conversation with people and they talk about how bad things are, I hold my tongue because they may just be in that place out of a lack of understanding. And things, I, I get it, because things look bad, right? It's all we hear is bad news on the news. We, you know, there are, there are bad things happening in the planet. We can't put our head in the sand that, and, and ignore that that's not taking place. But there's also that side of me, even despite all of that, that I'm like, I know who's in charge of it all. I know who has the final word on this. I know who's at the center of all this, and I know who's ruling right now. And even if we, it seems like we lose a battle. We have not lost the war. We won't lose the war. The war has already been won. And I'm going to declutter my heart from all doubt, unbelief, cynicism, disillusionment, offense, whatever may be in that space. And I'm going to get rid of that stuff. And I'm going to say, Jesus, I believe in you. There's something about someone when they go all in on Jesus. They put all, push all the chips to the center of the table and they say, I'm all in on one person and his name is Jesus. The church is his body, Paul says, in which he speaks, talking about him ruling through us, and acts, by which he Fills everything with his presence. I was telling our team this morning as we had our pre-service volunteer rally, I said, as we declutter and we allow the faith in Christ to preeminently reign. This is why Jesus in, in, in Revelation was talking about his, his problem with lukewarmness. See, lukewarmness makes tolerance um, for stuff that never belonged. And the kingdom can't fully move in that place. But when you declutter, come on, you ever try starting a fire in the woods? Have a bunch of logs at the beginning, you don't have any gasoline, you try and light a match on that, nothing happens. 
But when you simplify and you just put a ton of gas and put a match to that thing, then when the flame gets burning, then start throwing the logs on the fire from there. You know what I mean? We're so worried about, man, what's my calling? What's my destiny? What am I supposed to do with my life? Who am I supposed to marry? No, listen, put a little few kindlings on the ground, bunch of whole, dump a whole bunch of lighter fluid on it, and let the match of God's flame set you on fire. And then start worrying about that other stuff later, right? You see... I don't believe that the church is on the outside looking in. And for sure, if we are, that's not the way it was supposed to be. The world is on the outside looking in. That's how it's supposed to be. They're supposed to be like, they should be, cons- go- listen, I, I, this, please, you may not even be able to grasp this, but governments should be consulting us. Business leaders should be consulting people in the kingdom of God. Social systems should be looking in on what we're doing. And saying, give us your wisdom and your insight and your understanding on how you're executing things in your life. We should be the chief architects of what marriage looks like, what family looks like, what it looks like to steward money, what it looks like to take care of our bodies. All of those kind of things. So now that we've removed self, others, riches, fame, power, all that kind of stuff, we have margin in our faith box to have some room for the good stuff. As I close, let's look at this quickly. Paul identifies these things, and I want you to write them down. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, he says, that's why when I heard of the solid trust, faith, and trust, they correlate, do you see that? You can't have faith without trusting. And you can't have a relationship without trust. The solid trust you have in the master Jesus. Look at this. Here's that translation. Worship Jesus and the outpouring of love to all the Christians. There it is. God people. He said, I couldn't stop thinking, thanking God for you every time I prayed. I think of you and give thanks. Verse 17, but I do more than ask. Then think, I ask, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory. Here's where it is. He's praying a prayer. And he says, I'm asking him to make you more intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. So once we declutter, faith begins to come alive. And guess what happens? Here's the fruit of that. You get more wisdom and more knowledge. From school, Darren, from going and studying, maybe that will be a channel in which it comes. But I'm just telling you, you know, this is where some of the people were so blown away with the early apostles. They were like, who are these unlearned men? Why would they ask that? They knew they had no education. But what they did have is wisdom and knowledge. Then he says in verse 18, your eyes fixed and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do and grasp the immensity of the glorious way of life he has for us Christians. That would be hope. Now we're going to take communion here in just a minute as it's being passed, but 
the adversary's main tool to diminish faith is to make us hopeless. But I say over your heart today, let hope arise. Most people wall up, close off, Because hope has been deferred. And hope deferred, the Bible says, makes the heart sick. How do we how do we get through those times when we're hoping for something that we're just not seeing come to pass? Usually, there's a message or a person, and usually the two are in one, that they give testimony of something that happened to them in the same degree that you're believing for for your own life. Or God wants to remind you of what he did in the past to prove to you that in this same way he can do it again. I was saying this in prayer with our worship team. I was like, Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart to you let us think on whatever is true and noble and lovely let us meditate on these things I saw you know how it pulls up tweets from previous years and the ones that get transferred to Facebook and I saw mine from last year and it said this isn't a year of glass half empty It's not even a year of glass half full. It's a year of my cup overfloweth. Verse 19, we close with this. He says, oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. That's greatness. That's greatness right there. That's greatness that's in you. Endless energy, boundless strength that comes from another source. As we take today and remember a body that was broken and blood that was spilled, we need to understand the reason for these elements to remind us of what their intended purpose were for. You see, when Christ died on the cross he did it for one sacred space as Shannon was talking about it wasn't for a temple, that temple got torn down it was for the human heart hmm. our hearts are what the Lord look at, looks at in this hour as sacred and he gave his life for them to be whole, to be set free, to be beautiful, to be cleared of anything and everything that hinders love. You see, when we have wisdom and knowledge and hope and understand we've been called to greatness, it declutters the heart and empowers us to truly serve Him, to see transformation come to our community through our time and our talents and our resources 
which flow from heart connection, which then they themselves become sacred. What do you mean? Remember when Jesus, even when he's talked about money, he said, give what belongs to Caesar to Caesar, but give what belongs to God to God. You see, what we use and what comes forth from our life for the purposes of Jesus because our hearts have been touched, not out of obligation. Those things, all of a sudden, our time becomes sacred. Our talents become sacred. Offer yourselves as living sacrifices. The resources that we give to Jesus, they become sacred. And we, because we've been improved in Christ, we become holy and accepted and welcomed into the family of the beloved. Would you close your eyes with me this morning? Lord, we want to take a minute and we want to remember what you did for us on that cross. That as I expressed my heart to see everybody move past being stuck and accelerating into the things that you've had for them before the foundations of the world. Oh, how you felt so much more than I could even imagine. That you left the confines of heaven. That you clothed yourself in flesh and blood. That you were born in the most simplistic of places, a manger on the backside of the wilderness in Israel. Only a few people came and celebrated your birth. It wasn't a big spectacle and display on the earth. It was in the heavens, but it wasn't much on the earth. But today we see and we celebrate. Our eyes are opened. Our faith is in one thing, and his name is Jesus, the hope for the world. Come on, come on. As you remember this morning, as as you partake of these elements, it's not a religious ritual. It's tasting and remembering the goodness of God expressed through the Father in His Son. Thank you, God, for a body broken and blood that was spilled to bring redemption to our hearts. As we take here in just a minute with our eyes shut away, is there anything that He wants you to remove this morning by letting Him remove it? Open up your heart. Make space faith in Jesus which resides in you to have its full portion Lord we take and we eat of you this morning in remembrance of what you have done take and eat the bread
washed us white as snow. It is finished. It is done. It is our portion. Let us drink and remember. look at me for just a minute we've run out of time here but I want to put something in your heart the decluttering and the allowing of God to have full reign over our hearts I want you to know that that's not the end it's just the beginning what do you mean Darren? well see we've been given responsibility to steward our hearts to guard our hearts. We have, we have, we have uh, permission over those areas and those realms. And once we allow God to be God in those places, then He takes us into dimensions and realms and things that, that are beyond anything we can imagine. It's, the, it's called the ocean of His love. The vast expanse of who He is. Where we don't have control anymore. That's when the fun begins. Scary a little bit at the first, but wow, it's worth it. Could we stand all over this room as we close today? Justin's just going to sing. We're going to have our ministry team come down. Maybe you're here this morning, and as you start off 2019, in a place of not knowing God in this way that I talked about this morning, we would love to have a conversation with with you about that and the beautiful things that Jesus has for your life. That don't wait another day for that to happen. Maybe there's some stuff inside of your heart that you know. Maybe there's some stuff that you don't know. All that you can tell me is that I'm not where I need to be. That's okay. We're all in process. Let's come here this morning before the Lord and let's just make ourselves available. Let's open up our hearts to be willing. 2019 is going to be a great year for all of us. Things that are going on maybe in your bodies, in your heart, your mind, your families, if you need prayer for that, we'll be here. So Lord, we just give you this time. We love you. Thank you for this day. Jesus name. Could we give the Lord a huge hand clap of praise as we enter into 2019? Come on, you can do better than that. Lift it up. He's awesome. Amen, amen. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Our worship team, ministry team will be here. Come down, receive prayer. In Jesus name, God bless you.